Good morning. Hey, we, uh, we are having lunch right after church this morning, so please stay. Even if you didn't bring anything, I just texted the guy who's supposed to be picking up uh, the chicken, so hopefully I'm up here now, my phone's back there, hopefully he's doing it, okay? If not, we'll figure that out, okay? It is uh, Sunday lunch, and so I have some questions about food, okay? So I'm going to ask you about food this morning. Okay, so there's usually two groups of people, and I could probably wait and ask this question till, because it'll answer if you stay for lunch, which I hope you do stay. Some of you guys are already sitting at tables, or you're staking out your spot just to make sure. That's good. That's good. Um, how many of you, like when you make your plate of food, I know Pastor Marcy's response, that you don't like the food to touch. You like place your food on your plate and it's just like mashed potatoes here, corn with about at least a half inch gap over here, you know, and your everything doesn't touch. Okay, so who anybody in here? Just 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 a couple? Depends what it is, really? Okay. Certain foods. Certain foods are okay. That's always what I'm hearing. All right. In general, a couple of you, just a couple of you. How about game on, just whatever. You just throw it on your plate, and it just, like, if it, if it just touches, it, it's an experiment. Okay? I'm, I'm all about experimenting myself, so that's good. How, okay, here's another question for you. How about food that is filled with other types of food? Okay, yes. Clint, you're all in on that one? One of my favorites, and I don't even know if my wife even knows this, and I never have it, but I always think of it, well, I shouldn't say always think of it, but I think of it, is chicken cordon bleu. Anybody? Yes, so it's chicken with ham and cheese inside, like wrapped in, and they rolled in panko, and they fry it up, and it's good. How about stuffed mushrooms? Raise your hand if you will not do stuffed mushrooms. Okay. Right. <laughs> I just heard the words, we don't do fungus. Okay. I would say for the, the majority of your world, that's a great way to learn, live. But mushrooms, we, that's just a staple at our house. This, we do stuffed mushrooms a lot. Okay, and here's a unique one. Here's a unique one. Um, I don't even know how to really say it. Tadurkin. Have you ever heard of that? Never heard of it. It's a turkey stuffed with duck and chicken and stuffing. This is what it kind of looks like. Tadurkin. Okay. My, Heather is shaking her head and wrinkling her nose. I guess we'll never have this at our house. Okay. So I do have, this morning, I do have my, or I should say our, you ever go to Costco, right? And you just walk by and you just, there's aisles and aisles of stuff. I saw this a few weeks ago, and then I was like, this is interesting. I've never had mochi before. Mochi is a Japanese dessert, candy-ish, made out of rice flour that they just pound and pound and pound. And then they fill it with, Dana, your face is priceless right now. They just fill it with um, unique stuff. The quote of the day was from a friend of mine that's in the room. I will not say it. 
and he, he saw it and was excited, had one, and I said, well, tell me what you think. He said, it's weird. And, and um, I said, yeah. He goes, well, yeah, I won't go to the rest of what he said, but it was, um, does anybody want to try one of these? Clint? Okay. So, um, well, you're, I'm not going to pick them, hand pick them. I believe in the sovereignty of God. Whatever I grab and throw you is, okay, which one did you want, Fiona? Okay, so Clint, here you go. Can, can, I'm going to throw it. Whoa! Okay. Okay, Mike, here you go. Kirsten, way back there. Way back there to my mom. Sorry, Jean. Oh, Udi's got it. Anybody here? Whoa. Oh, you want the thing that, yeah. Oh, way back here. Ryan Gretchen's lap. Wasn't that a good shot? There, there you go, James. Some of you guys are stretching me. I haven't, I haven't warmed up yet. Oh, by the way, by the way, a special thank you this morning for Pete. Everybody look around and look at Pete doing our cameras this morning. And also, I told him I wouldn't say his name, but Pete's son was the guy that was putting up the words for you during worship. Anybody else? Do you want one? Anybody else? Oh, man, we're just... Oh, right here, Gloria. Oh, sorry, too far. One more, one more. Who else? Oh, Gene, way back there. I'm going to hit Udi. Anybody else? Yes, Michael, that, that, that face is exactly the face I had when I ate it. It was like... It's best just get it over with. Dana, just, just for future, okay? All right, so we fill our food with food, we mix our stuff on our plate for some of us, what do we fill our lives with? And I would say some of us fill our lives with kind of like mochi, weird things, you know, (laughs) that when we kind of live life, we have that kind of face that some of you had that, when, that chewed, up, chewed on it. it was like, that's your resting face. Well, that's a, that's a whole other topic, Dana. We'll be preaching on that in a few weeks. We fill our lives with all kinds of things. We focus on all kinds of things that usually will leave us with that look, with that resting face look, leave us dissatisfied, leave us frustrated, leave us disappointed, leave us lonely, leave us uh, cast off further out. And Jesus said that if we focus on him and his kingdom, everything else will filter into place. So how do I know that? Because Jesus said it right here in Matthew. So do not worry saying, what shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? For non-believers run after all these things. And our Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to hand out Bibles, and then we're going to open in the Word. So God, this morning... 
We pray that today in this time, in this moment, that our focus would be on you, that we would seek you right now in this place, watching at home right now in this place, and that you would be front and center, that you would be the one that our eyes are fixed on today in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we have Bibles this morning. We're going to be opening up our Bibles. Raise your hand if you need one. We're in Matthew chapter 5 today, so I encourage you to turn over to Matthew chapter 5. Jesus breaks the silence of 400 years and speaking to this large crowd. He is presenting eight present-day promises, eight present-day promises of God to the people that follow him, the people that are listening, what Ashley prayed, the people who are willing to obey. We don't talk about obedience very often, but it is a key factor in our relationship with God. If you only read the New Testament, which is full of passages about obedience, but sometimes we can miss out on the whole picture, so I encourage you to read the whole Bible. We're reading the whole Bible right now, and it is chaos. <laughs> and it, but it really comes down to obedience. It comes down to, are you going to do the things that I, the Creator God, have asked you to do? And when you do, the blessings are amazing. But when you don't, it's not so amazing. And life does not go well for those who turn their back on God. So we are looking at the Beatitudes, the blessed R's, and we've looked at poor in spirit, we've looked at those who mourn, the meek, and for the perfect, again, God's sovereignty wasn't planned out. It is Sunday lunch today, and we're talking about blessed are the hungry and the thirsty. <laughs> and what are we hungering and thirsting for? Righteousness. <laughs> Chicken cordon bleu, someone said that. Matthew chapter 5, verse, verses 3. We're going to read it all, 3 through 11. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Just a side note, we're not even going to get there yet, but did you notice the last blessed are those who are persecuted? The rest of them are just one-liners, but Jesus kind of expands on that one. What does that mean, blessed are the persecuted? And he goes into that. We will get into that here in a few weeks. What does it mean to be persecuted for our faith? Are we experiencing that today? Will we experience that in our lifetime? Are there people today in our world who are being persecuted because of their belief in Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, yes, it's massive in our world. We are in this unbelievable bubble in the United States. 
I also believe that bubble is starting to pop a little bit. Okay? Um, but in parts of the world where persecution is the heaviest, where Christianity is said is, is like squashed and Bibles are illegal. I mean, I have like 10 Bibles. But Bibles are illegal. The church is booming and thriving because the miracles that God is doing in the hearts of people. I'm not just talking about physical miracles that we see. That is happening as well. But what he's doing in the hearts of people, it's, it's miraculous. So we'll get into that a little bit more. We are talking about hungering and thirsting for righteousness on the day where we're having lunch together. I do want to say it one more time. I personally invite you to stay um, and hang out with one another and connect with one another. We do want you to be known here. We want this to be a place where you can come and like, hey, people know me. And I'm known and I know people here. But we also want to be the place that if you want your space, that we'll give you your space. We will say hi to you because we want you to know that you are welcome here. But we'll also give you your space if you need space. There are Sundays where we just need space. Maybe we just need to have like name tags that just say space. <laughs> Mine would say spaced out, but no, space. Okay. What are we filling our lives with? I mean, this applies to us. Hungering and thirsting is a God-made mechanism that he gives us physically. So when we are hungry, when we are thirsty, it is a warning sign telling us that you need to do something about this situation. I'm thirsty. I need to get a drink of water. I'm actually really thirsty right now, but I'm, I'm good. I'm going to wait. I'm not eating those things. Um, who said that, by the way? Oh, you said that. Of course, Sydney said that. Uh, I'm hungry, so I have these pains in my stomach that's warning me, like, if you don't do something about it, you're going to just, it's going to get worse for you. I believe this is spiritual as well. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's not just talking about being hungry and thirsty for, for real food, like bread and water. He's talking about spiritually, are we hungry and thirsty for him? Or are we just living so much for the temporary and for the moment now that we are willing to just throw away our inheritance, throw away the blessings of God that he has for us if we stay true and obedient to him today? That seems absurd. Why wouldn't we do that? Why would we just be willing to give up everything God has for us tomorrow and in the future just so we can be satisfied and filled today. It sounds absurd, but it's in the Bible. Turn to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. I'm turning with you. This is a story about a guy named Esau. He was the older of um, twins. And in the culture of the day, the oldest son, in this case, they are the ones that received the inheritance from the father when the father passed. They received the biggest inheritance. They received the household. And then, you know, so they called that the birthright. So you're the firstborn. These brothers were fighters from birth. They fought to get out of the womb, the Bible says. In fact, when Esau was born, Jacob came right behind him holding on to his ankle. Sorry, Mom. Two babies, just like that. They were fighters from, from the very get-go. 
Jacob was more the, the artist type of guy. Actually, Jacob was, his name means deceiver. Now, God would change Jacob's name later to what? Israel. Wow. So, Jacob is the father of Israel. Yes. But he was a deceiver. He would do whatever it took to, to get his way. Esau was an outdoorsman. He liked being outside. He liked to hunt. He liked to fish. He, yeah, he loved to do firewood. He just did it all. And this story is when, when Esau is coming back. Well, we'll just pick it up. Verse 29. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from an open country, from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That's why they also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Hmm, the deceiver is working here. And then his response, look, I'm about to die here. You think, a little, you think Esau is a little dramatic? Yes. You think the Bible is boring, then you're not reading the Bible. <laughs> Jacob is, he's coming, not Jacob, Jacob is cooking. Esau comes in, he sees and smells this incredible food and is willing to do whatever it takes. Jacob sees an opportunity here. My brother is willing just to, for, for the soup today, he's willing to throw away his tomorrow. Esau's response in verse 32, look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is a the birthright to me. But Jacob said, swear to me first. And he swore on an oath, selling his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Sounds harsh. Sounds like, why would he do that? But if Jacob was sitting in here and was looking at some of our lives and saw some of the decisions that we make, he would probably say, why are they doing that? Why are we willing to give up what God has for us tomorrow and for our future strictly just to satisfy our right now? We don't talk about it very often, again. But it comes down to, am I going to trust God for my future? Jacob, in this case, should have just trusted God for his future. It's a lot like this piece of rope. I'm going to need somebody to help me here. Do we have a volunteer? Okay, Tim, thank you for volunteering. I don't know if this will go. Whoa, sorry. I know, it has. We used to play softball together. We haven't played for years. So just grab onto that and then maybe hand it off to uh, keep the corner of it. Sorry, Jamie, we might run into you here. And then hand it off. Doug, can you walk over here and grab some, some of this rope, please, and just bring it over to you? Yeah, no, no, we're not hanging anybody today, please. <laughs> birthday. This is your birthday present, Jamie, so hang on to it. So, Doug, is it going to... It's, it's a little messed up. Well, it's, it's a prophetic rope. Our life is a little messed up. Good enough, Doug. I think so. I think we get the point. Okay. So go to the end. So this rope represents eternity. Okay. All right. Tim's in the middle of eternity. Okay. And Doug's way back there. This rope represents eternity. So look how big this, this rope is long. It's, it's massive. And this is our life in eternity. 
Now I want you to think about this. Because this is what Esau did not think about. And this is what we don't always think about in the moment. We're living for eternity. As believers in Christ, He has called us to eternity. But, what but we don't always focus on eternity. We focus on this. Hey, tomorrow, I get to do this, right? Maybe someday I'll get to do this. And this is our focus when we have all eternity to focus on, to look towards, am I willing to sacrifice and do the things that God has called me to do here and so I can have this? That's a huge question for us, believers. That's good. You can put the rope down. Or maybe, Tim, why don't you pull it towards you just so we don't trip over it. Are we willing to give up the things that that seems so good right now, but will actually hurt us and even destroy our future, our inheritance. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now what righteousness is Jesus talking about here? I think most of us deep down know that without Jesus, things aren't right. But not everybody knows that. I would say most of us in this room know that without Jesus, things are not quite right. Paul is writing, he writes a book, he wrote 13 books, but he wrote a book to a group in Rome, a group of Christians in Rome. They thought they were fine. They accepted that Jesus died on the cross, but really didn't believe that he really needed to for them because they're Romans. They're the strongest country in the world. They're the best of the best. They didn't need anything else. And so Paul, if you haven't read Romans for a while, just read through the book of Romans. And it's really fun to watch Paul talk to them. Starts off by reminding who they are, yes. But it gets into this whole thing that you realize that Jesus did come and die for us. And their question is, he didn't need to die for me. I'm fine. And Paul writes... There is no one righteous, not even one. The Romans thought, we're fine. In and of ourselves, look, we are the conquerors of the world. We're fine. And Paul tells them, there is no one who's fine, not even one. Well, I didn't need Jesus to come and die for me. I'm not a sinner. Paul tells them, for everyone has sinned. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. All of us. So this righteousness we're talking about is not our righteousness. Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for your own righteousness. Because what does the Bible also say about our personal righteousness? It's not good. Filthy rags is a very nice translation. I won't get into the full meaning of that word, but it is not, it's, it's, it's not good. Our best of our best in the eyes of God is not good enough. That was Paul's message to the Romans. That's Paul's message to all 
human beings on planet Earth. But it, we could look at it, and I grew up in places where that was talked about all the time, and you felt like garbage. As a, even as a believer in Christ, you felt bad. But I, the, that's not the whole story. The good news this morning is if you are a believer in Christ, you are his child now. You are a brand new creation. And you don't rest on your righteousness and the things that you do. You rest on his righteousness and what he has done for you. Man, that should just like bring freedom to you today. God is not looking for us to do stuff for him in order for us to make things right with him. Jesus has already done that work for us. But we do have a responsibility. Our responsibility is what we sing about today. Yes, I will. Yes, Jesus, I will follow you. And one of my favorite songs, and it, this song's been out for years, Oceans, we sang it this morning. That song's been out for like years, like 12 years. I love that song. But have you really read the words to that song? We love the melody. We love to sing it. We love to like, drop it down on the bridge and then like slowly build it up. And then the cool thing about that song, if you're a musician, you sing it the same way, but on the fourth time as a musician, you play a whole different chord pattern, which is mind-boggling, but it sounds really cool. If you're a musician, you get that, and you're like, wow, I love that song because of that. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Man, do, are we living that way? Are we asking God, God, would you lead me? Lead me beyond my trust. We were singing that song this morning, and the, the wording on my mirror on the right side of my car, the passenger side of my car, came to mind. Warning, objects may be closer than they appear. And what I was thinking about that this morning is that so many of us are living, looking through our rearview mirrors, and we're looking at that thing. And those objects seem so close. I mean, you look and you're just like, it's like right here through the mirror. But in reality, they're far back. God wants us to look to Him. He's done all the work for us. We don't need to keep looking in the mirror behind us. And see where we've messed up. We've all messed up. Welcome to the human race. Don't think you've messed up any more than anybody else because we all mess up. We all mess up. But don't focus on our messes. Focus on what Jesus has done for us. And he has fixed us and made us into his image and created us again as new creations in him. That is to be our focus, to focus on Him. Strictly focus on Him and what He has done for us. It's not anything that we've done. It's all that what He's done for us. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In the Amplified Version of the Bible, it says, those who actively seek right standing with God. Are we actively seeking Him? Do we actively want to be, have things right with him? And I've talked to many, and I've had my own struggles with this, where I struggle with 
some of the stuff, some of the decisions that I have made or that I, that I make. And I, make the, I become so kind of grabbed onto by those things and it kind of spins me around and I kind of lose my bearing a little bit. And then we come back to center and like, okay, it's not about what I've done, it's about what Jesus has done. And so then we come to him and we say, God, would you fix that in me? Would you help me in that? Would you lead me where my trust is without borders? That I may walk on those waters wherever you lead. David said in Psalm 42.1, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. Where is our longing? It's so easy to run to the temporary, like Esau, like, just give me the soup. If I can just have the soup, I'll, I'll be okay. Willing to give up his, his inheritance, what God had for him t- tomorrow. If you read the Bible, you read that God was not happy with Esau for making that decision. But King David writes, for those who are thirsty, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. Spiritually, we are thirsty. Jesus did so many things. <laughs> I was going to say, Jesus did incredible things. That is such an understatement. I should just sit down now. But Jesus is, they're traveling and he's tired. You realize that Jesus got tired. You feel tired today. Well, Jesus was tired. He gets it. Jesus was thirsty. He understands. He's going to have a God encounter, him being God, with a person that God sent him to meet. And she's the woman at the well. She comes to get something, get some water. And there's all kinds of speculation about this woman. I'm just going to say she was broken just like everybody else is broken. And she was getting water. And Jesus said, hey, can you get me some water? And the the thing that surprised her was, first of all, Jewish men didn't talk to, to uh, Samaritans. And Jewish men certainly didn't talk to Samaritan women. But Jesus did. He breaks the mold. which Jesus, I love that about Jesus. He breaks the mold all across the board. And they have this in-depth conversation about water. And Jesus said, if you drink of this living water I'm telling you about, you'll never thirst again. And she was like, well, I want some of that water. I'm tired of coming to this well all the time. It's hard work. I mean, for us, we walk up to a faucet and just turn it on. It's the miracle of tap water, right? It's just a miracle. But for most people in the world, they have to walk to get it. And then when they do get it, it's gross. So they boil it. They have to, they have to work at it to even make it drinkable, usable. So she says, I want this living water. And Jesus describes himself as I am that living water. Follow me and you'll never thirst again. Your soul will never thirst. She had a thirsty soul. She was trying to fill her life with all kinds of things. And it wasn't working. And Jesus said, if you follow me, if you drink this living water, you won't need any of that other stuff anymore. Jesus also stood up in a crowd one time. It was the last day of a harvest and He yells, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and I will give them living water. Water that will literally flow from the inside of you and like burst out of you. 
Now, he was talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. That's what God fills us with, is his Holy Spirit. That's a whole nother month of messages. But I just want to throw that out there to you, that God fills us. He fills us with his presence. And I don't want anything else. I don't need mochi. I don't need chicken cordon bleu. I don't even need stuffed mushrooms. I just want him to be filled with the presence of God, to live every day, to walk every step with the presence of God in my life. In the highs and in the lows, just knowing, though, that he is with me in the midst of them, always with me. This is a unique passage because this is quite the event. There's been 24 hours. If you look up John chapter 6, I'll read it sometime this week. Jesus feeds 5,000 plus. Sends his disciples out. Jesus goes has some alone time with God, his Father. And then he goes to meet his disciples. Well, his disciples happen to be out in the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus does what? He walks on water to get to them. The Chosen does a great job with that. Jesus walking on water and calls Peter out of the boat. It's that next day after Jesus feeds 5,000 people that they come to him and ask, hey, we want more of that bread. We want more of that physical bread. And then Jesus goes into this whole dialogue with them. And, and he starts off by saying this, I am the bread. Jesus, give us more bread. That was the best bread we've ever eaten. We want more of that bread. And then Jesus' response is, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Because Jesus has done all the work for us. What we need to do, our focus, is to hunger and thirst for him. He is our righteousness. As believers in Christ, when God looks at us, I've had a few people recently tell me, and they've been older, older than me, which is, there's not much space, oh, yeah, super old from, according to Sydney. Um, some of you that are older than me, she's right there, okay? Um, she's awesome. She's a senior this year, by the way. I've had people tell me that I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven. Believers are believers for the last 20, 30 years. And they see the reality of, like, death is close. And they're like, I'm not really sure. And the blessing that I have or had in that, those situations was just to remind them, it's not what you've done. It's not what you've done. It's what Jesus has done for you. Have you said yes to Jesus? And their response was, well, I've said yes. Then when God looks on you, he sees Jesus. Because Jesus has covered us. What does the Bible say? He's covered us. The blood shed on the cross has covered our sin. So when God looks at us, he sees the work of Jesus over us. Now, if we don't know Jesus, if we haven't said yes to Jesus, then we stand on our own. And like I said before in those verses that Paul wrote to the Romans, we cannot stand on our own before God. And so the opportunity then is to say yes to Jesus, to hunger and thirst 
for his righteousness. And then the awesome promise is that we'll be filled, that we will be filled. And not just with food, which I'm a foodie, so I love food, but we'll be filled with his presence. That's all I want. I don't know about you, but that's all I want is his presence. Seriously, that's all I want. It's just the presence of God so obvious in my life that I sense him and know him and know that he's with me every single step. Would you stand with me this morning? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So the question is, are you feeling empty this morning? If you feel, or are you feeling overstuffed with everything else but Jesus? Are we hungering and thirsting for the wrong things? I just want to give us the opportunity to make things right this morning. So for those who are empty this morning, for those of you who are hungry and thirsty, that's a conversation that you have with God. We're going to give you a few moments today to have a conversation with him and just ask to be filled by him. To not rely any longer on your own abilities and capabilities and your own efforts, but to rely on him. Probably one of the biggest ones for many of us is we're overstuffed. We're just overfilled with all kinds of stuff besides him. And so again, an honest conversation with God. And here's the amazing thing about him. He loves us so much that he'll show us those places that he wants to remove. And then our responsibility then is to obey. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness, for the right things. There's a brand new song on the radio. We've actually started doing it. We do it on Thursday nights, prayer and worship night. It's called First Things First by a band named Consumed by Fire. I just want to read a couple lines from the song to you. I don't want to love what the world loves. I don't want to chase what the world does. I only want you. First things first. I seek your will and not my own. Surrender all my wants to you to keep the first things first. To live your truth, to walk your ways, to set my eyes. Lord, I fix my face on you. All my desires reversed to keep the first things first. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. God, would that be our focus? That we would actively pursue you. And I thank you that your promise is that when we do, you fill us. I pray for the empty this morning, Lord. that their hearts would be turned towards you, that you would fill them today. Even in this moment, if you're feeling empty, I just invite you to put your hands out in front of you. Just receive from him. Be filled by him this morning. God, do your work. 
Do your work in them, Jesus. Fill them up overflowing with living water today. Holy Spirit power. Move in them, Jesus. And God, for those of us who are overstuffed, God, would you work in our hearts and show us those things and areas that we have put our focus on that is not healthy. And we are sacrificing what you have for us because that's where our focus is and our focus isn't on you. Again, turn our eyes back to you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you yet. Jesus, I ask that you would continue to draw them to yourself. You said that no one comes to you unless you draw them, so we ask that you draw. You've created them, you've made them in your image. You love them, you know them, you've given your life for them. God, that they would say yes to you today. Whether they're in this room or they're watching from home or whenever. Lord, I thank you that you are present in our lives. Open our eyes this week to see you more as we hunger and thirst for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'd love to pray for you. If something's going on in your life that you need, you need prayer for, um, if something's coming up with doctors, we don't know unless you let us know. And we'd love to pray for you and, and walk with you through it. We're having lunch together. Please, please, please stay. Um, We would love to be able to share a meal with you this morning. Okay, God bless.